0: To help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. This week we're going to explore the topic of marriage in God's Word, and I thought it was appropriate since I am going to be celebrating 20 years of marriage to my husband Ron on September 27th. Now, since my husband and I are taking a special anniversary trip this week, I've decided to replay episode number 75, but I really enjoyed revisiting the scripture and the truths inspired by our song. Now, even though this is episode 188, I will refer to a special resource that I created for episode 75, and I don't want you to miss it. So if you're already a subscriber to my email list, a link to this resource is already in your inbox, and if you're not yet a subscriber, you can access that resource by visiting michelleknizat.com forward slash 75 download. So let's jump into the episode. I mentioned at the end of last week's episode that one of my listeners recently emailed and said, I am in my 20s and I want to know more about holy, godly relationships before I get into dating and relationships. She went on to say that she didn't have a song in mind, but I immediately thought of Broken Together by Casting Crowns because it's currently playing on the radio and can easily point us to what God's word would teach us about this, not to mention that other listeners have also requested it. This sweet listener went on to be a little bit more specific in her request that I would do an episode on love and relationships and maybe share some stories of you and your hubby, she said. So I do have a few stories I can share of my 17 plus year marriage to my husband, Ron. But if you are a single person listening, don't be quick to shut me off right now. God's word has valuable insight into love and relationships. Much of it is really not marriage specific, but relationship specific. So meaning if you apply the truths found in scripture to your marriage, you can have a strong and vibrant marriage. But if you apply them to your other relationships, you can have strong and vibrant relationships based on love. Now, I did some research on the story behind the song and found that the songwriters had some married couples in mind that were struggling with brokenness in their marriages. And that's what they pictured when they wrote the song. However, for the purpose of this podcast, we just use the song as a catalyst to send us to God's word. And so, as I explained, I mean, I know all of my listeners will benefit from exploring what God's word teaches about relationships in general. Now that I've waded through all of those disclosures, I do want to say that I will be speaking to marriage quite a bit in this episode. But as we jump into scripture, you will see that marriage in this life is a foreshadowing of the eternal relationship between Christ and his church. So let's dive right into this by listening to the first verse of the song. What do you think about when you look? No, we're not the fairy tale you dream we'd be. You wore the veil, you walk the aisle, you took my hand. And we dove into a mystery. And we dove into a mystery. It has always fascinated me how much time and planning goes into the wedding day. And how little time and planning goes into having a successful marriage. I can't tell you the number of bridal magazines I purchased. I suppose if I got married these days, I would have had a Pinterest board full of ideas. But very few, if any, books or Bible studies did Ron and I go through individually or together to prepare for our lifetime together. And scripture tells us that marriage is a mystery, just like the song mentioned. So let's head over to Ephesians chapter 5, where there is an entire section devoted to wives and husbands. And near the end of this section, it says, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery. But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Okay, so Bible interaction tool number one for today. Whenever you read, as the scriptures say, make time to chase that rabbit to its original home. It's as easy as just looking at the footnote in your Bible using a cross-reference tool on one of your favorite online Bible study tools. I like to use BibleHub.com, but there are many to choose from. So before we chase the rabbit though, I wanna see, let's unpack a little bit what we've discovered. First of all, the two uniting into one is a great mystery. That is the understatement of the century. How did two people with completely different backgrounds, loads of their own baggage, personal visions for their future, future, completely different ways of handling fun and stress and trauma and finances, how in the world can they become one? Second, we learn that it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Hmm, Christ and the church have completely different backgrounds, personal visions for the future, completely different ways of handling fun, stress, trauma, and finances. Yet, scripture says that both man and woman and Christ and the church can indeed become one. But it's a mystery might i add it's also a process we'll get into some details in a little bit but first let's chase that rabbit okay so scripture says a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one and when i look at the footnote of my bible it says the cross reference sends me to genesis 2:24 and this is what genesis 2:24 says This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. So my next question is, what explains why? The verse starts out, it says, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother. And I want to know, what explains why? So this may seem very elementary to you, but this is how you interact with God's word. Take time to read it. Chase a rabbit or two and ask questions, even if you're just asking yourself or asking the Holy Spirit, okay, Lord, why? Help me find out why. Sometimes your questions are not immediately answered by the text. It might take study and maybe even scholars wiser than you and definitely wiser than me because I am not holding myself out to be a Bible scholar by any means. I'm just a girl in love with God's word. And I'm just trying to teach you how I interact with it so that you might fall in love with it too. So let's seek answers to this question. What explains why? So if we jump up a little bit further in Genesis chapter two, verse 18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals, but still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. From the beginning, God made us to be part of each other. We are designed to be joined and united as man and wife. Proverbs eighteen twenty two says, Finding a wife is a good thing because it says this, The man who finds a wife finds treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. So it is God's original plan that we be joined and united. However, when sin entered the picture, it always complicates things. So one of my first exhortations to you single folks out there, whether you're never married or maybe you're single again, if you choose to marry, it is in God's design that you will receive favor from the Lord. Make sure that you unite and join with a fellow believer. Scripture is clear in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. It says don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Remember, I said that this relationship advice applies whether or not you're married. So, in fact, this section is not specifically aimed at marriage. This would apply to business relationships. This applies to your BFF. This applies to the people that you do life with. Now, marriage is the ultimate partnership, but you are not to partner with unbelievers in any capacity. So before we move to the next point, you might be asking, what do I do if I'm already married or in partnership with a non-believer? And 1 Corinthians chapter 7, you write that down, or when you can get to a place, don't don't write it while you're driving. But uh, if you have a place where you can write that down, 1 Corinthians 7, um, check out the show notes, michelleneesatcom forward slash 75, and you'll see um, I'll put a, a link to First Corinthians 7, but it has quite a bit of teaching on how you should handle it if you're a believer and your spouse isn't. And if this is your situation, I would spend some time there to really understand what God's word says about it. But I think Paul sums it up best when he asks, don't you wives realize that your husbands might be saved because of you? And don't you husbands realize that your wives might be saved because of you? He gives a great explanation and really encourages you to stick it out if you can. So the song and the scripture talk about the mystery of marriage. And we have some great guidelines showing us that we need to be in partnership with fellow followers of Christ. But marriage is far deeper than a partnership or a promise. It's a covenant. It's going to take much more than promises this time. Only God can change our mind. As we've already talked about, marriage is to be a reflection of the relationship between Christ and the church. I love the lyric, it's going to take much more than promises this time. Only God can change our minds. Um, First, I want to talk about a covenant versus a contract. A covenant is much deeper than a contract. It seals an all or nothing commitment. In Genesis, God initiates a covenant with Abraham, and he illustrates his faithfulness in this vivid way that Abraham will never forget. The word covenant comes from a word that means to cut, and two people making a covenant would split animals in half and then walk together between the bloody halves, sealing their covenant in a blood bond. And this this walk of death sort of thing was, was this graphic symbol, and it states If I turn my back on this solemn covenant, may God do to me as we did to these animals. Okay. So you see that in Genesis chapter 15, uh, verses 7 through 18. I encourage you to read it. But basically, God uh, makes a covenant with Abraham, with Abram, and he uh, does that. He split, has Abraham, or Abram, who's still Abram at the time, split some animals in half. And then God puts him to sleep and then passes God himself, like uh, passes between these animals and makes a covenant with Abraham. So next time you read that, you're you're gonna understand a little bit deeper uh, just the history of what it what a covenant really is. It's kind of neat. And it makes more sense now that you kind of understand what's going on. Making a covenant was serious. It was public and it was expected to last for life. An unbreakable commitment. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 19, haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one since they are no longer two, but one. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. He said all this when the religious leaders were trying to trap him. They 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 were asking, you know, why did Moses' law let us divorce? Then, and basically Jesus replies that the hearts of men were hard and that's never what God wanted. That was not what God intended. All right, so it's a mystery, but we are joined and united. It's a serious covenant that we need to be sure not to enter into with a non-believer. But this song reflects a brokenness that I know many of my listeners have felt or may even be going through now. So I love the lyric that says, only God can change our minds. Now, my listener, Kim, asked for some stories of me and my hubby. So I've been thinking about this because I've got a great marriage and I know it didn't just happen. And so over the 17 plus years of our marriage, what did we do to get it right? And I can truly point to a season of our lives that made a huge difference fairly early in our marriage, within the first, um, after the first five, but before before 10, I guess. We were trying to figure out exactly when all this happened. But we were part of a Sunday school department at our church. And the, as a department, we decided that marriage was really important. So we decided we needed to consistently address it. And so our department was made up of four classes of folks in different walks of life. We were all married. So there was like a newly married class with no kids, a class with couples who were married with infants and toddlers, a class with elementary school age kids, and a class with preteens and teens. But on Marriage Emphasis Sunday, those four classes that kind of ran about 15 each, when we came together, we came together as an entire department. And uh, often our 60 kind of turned into almost 90. And as... and. You know, all we did was find this marriage. We just found some marriage-focused curriculum. We really just used small group curriculum designed to be like a six-week curriculum. But instead of taking six weeks to complete it, we took six months. So what we did was we took the first Sunday of every month and taught that marriage curriculum. So if it took um, six weeks, it would take us six months, like I said. So we ended up going through four sets of these studies which if you do the math means that we did marriage emphasis on the first Sunday of every month for two years. As a couple married less than 10 years, we benefited tremendously from candid responses from older couples and, um, and just realizing that everybody was in a different place in their family um makeup and so their answers or and also the length of time that they were married. We discussed the gamut. We discussed intimate issues to communication to finances. All of it founded in God's word. And then we truly let God change our minds as to what marriage was supposed to look like and it made all of the difference for us. It, it opened up opportunities for us to talk about things maybe before they even came up. Um, And then sometimes to really broach conversations that we were too chicken to bring up with each other. But because it came up in Sunday school, we could kind of piggyback off of that opportunity. So in addition to this community, and let me just say, I can't stress the importance enough of a community of believers to be able to do this with. Grab a couple, another couple, two or three couples, and, and see if you can just go through a small group study like this but I would read bible-based books on becoming a godly wife and a prayer warrior for my husband and my husband had was introduced to books about being a godly husband as well. He's not as much of a book reader. And so, but he'd let me read to him. He lets me read to him, and so we've gone through even more books that way as a couple, and sometimes we've gone through whole books as a small group of fellow believers as well. Now, I remember one lesson in particular that has stuck with me since I learned it and taught it because I think I was we would rotate teachers, so I wasn't always the teacher teaching on Marriage some Emphasis Sunday, but this particular lesson I learned and taught in, on Marriage Emphasis Sunday. Now, I all here's my other disclaimer. I don't get this one right all the time, but before we get to that lesson, let's hear one more part of the song. Maybe you and I were never meant to be complete. Could we just be barone? can bring your shattered dreams and now bring mine can healing still be spoken and save us the only way will last forever is broken together a slippery slope in any relationship but especially marriage is the idea that we will go out of our way to honor, serve, and please our spouse as soon as they start going out of their way to honor, serve, and please us. Now, I remember asking this question. This is what I learned, and that specific uh, lesson that I was talking about. What if, instead of waiting to respond to extravagant acts of love, we tried to outdo one another in love? Now, there's a scriptural precedence for this. Again, in a scripture reference written to the church and leading, uh, uh, to looking to Christ as our example, Paul writes to the Philippians, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of our se- others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interests, but also take an interest in others too. That's Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. We must allow God to change our minds, to transform the way we think about things. Otherwise, we will still, we'll believe what we see in the movies. Uh, I I saw a movie one time that that indicates this idea that we should complete each other. When God's word says that we were created as helpmates, not complete mates, uh, we'll believe current there's a current popular pop song called Dear Future Husband, and it tells our young girls that their future husband will be perfect if they just buy her a ring, take her on dates, remember her anniversary with flowers, tell her she's beautiful, and apologize when he's wrong. All of these are good places to start, mind you, but that's, that's behavior. And in my experience with God's word and a relationship with my Heavenly Father, He's always looking past behavior. behavior. He wants to capture our hearts. So what is the mystery? That two broken people rescued by grace can be joined and united and become one and be an example of Christ's love for the church. Now you got to be able to admit your own sin and your own ability to hurt those you love the most. And that will go a long way toward giving you the ability to extend grace once you can admit that. You've got to be able to extend grace and compassion and love to your spouse or love to those important relationships. But in our brokenness, we need to avoid the tendency to ask the other person to bring us healing and to bring us completeness. Christ is our healer and he is our all in all. Okay? and then it's not a matter of who needs to change, but it's a matter of who is willing to change. So my best advice I have in in this 17 plus year journey is to start with me. Not him. Recognizing we are both broken and walking this road together. And, and how do I get to that place where even I want to desire to outdo him in love? Well, Philippians 2 says that I can ask God for it because it says God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And it pleases him. I know showing extravagant love to my husband and to others pleases God. It is his way. So what's next? Well, because we've been somewhat topical on today's episode, if you're married, I encourage you to spend some time in some time in Ephesians chapter five. Whether or not you're married, some great relationship advice in your relationship with other believers can be found in Philippians. I read some of that specifically the end of chapter one through uh, chapter two. I want you to allow God to change your mind. Let His words transform the way you think and the way you act. And and I've created a tool to try to help us in this endeavor. It's a free resource, and I've called it, this week's resource is called One Up, Outdoing Others in Love. Now, this resource will walk you through these sections of Scripture in Philippians and Ephesians and help you identify the one thing that you will choose to one up the ones you love. It's a game of the heart, allowing God to change your mind. So I hope you enjoyed that replay of episode 75. And while you are in God's word this week, I really want to know how you're doing. You can email me, michelle at com. Hop on Twitter or Facebook, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I do want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, the overflow.com for pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, by pointing them to God's word through music. So when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10 day series of devotions that I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at the overflow.com. I also wanna thank my newest subscribers to my website like Jane from California and Olga from New York Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from an email that I send out once a week. And in that email, you will get a weekly Memory Verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can even print it out. And you get an email recap of the week's episode and instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes from time to time, like I will be giving you this week. So it's all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. I wish we could sit across the coffee and I could tell you face to face, but this will have to do. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast. If you subscribe directly in iTunes, it'll be downloaded every week for you. And while you are there, please leave me a written review and a star rating. This not only encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to th- uh, to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Hard Love by Need to Breathe to jump into Scripture. But if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. You just head over to com forward slash 188. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's Word and consider his ways.